Rewatchers. It's Keith here. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And welcome to one of our mini episodes. It's been a Ooh. long day in the studio and we just figured we'd take a little break. If you haven't listened to one of our mini episodes before, this is kind of an unedited, just us, you know, talking, hanging out. Get ready Usually, for a weird ride. A weird ride. Uh, we're going to be trying some weird drinks, some weird snacks. No. Uh, and, but we're also, we want to tackle a bunch of reader mail. We have a ton that have been sent to us that... We just don't really have room for in our normal episodes, so we thought we'd just kind of read them, chat a bunch about Highlander, and we also want to talk to everybody about the 25th anniversary gathering coming up in Los Angeles. So we're going to be talking about what we're excited about doing there and our GoFundMe that we're doing to help us uh, make it to Los Angeles. So if you haven't donated to that, got to do it today, and we're going to be talking more about that during the episode. So before we get into this reading mail, guys, we probably should open up these snacks and drinks that we're going to be discussing, right? Yeah. I'm sure diehard fans will remember our amazing better cheddar versus goldfish versus Cheez-It debate. Great cracker debate. Right. We've also done some Zima. We had Zima. Zima. I forgot about that. Or actually, did that get cut from an episode? Probably. I think it was intended to be a mini episode, and it was way too short. It was just like, it's it's somewhere on my computer now this is zima it's weird (laughs) (laughs) maybe that never made it into an episode well we talked about zima at one point on maybe that episode got emphysema that's true anyway guys simpsons joke that i this is my offering to today's podcast what star trek the next generation symbiosis 30th anniversary ale yep why is it called symbiosis that's the name of an episode from season one wow which one? Which one? 1987's Star Trek The Next Generation Season N- 1. I mean, what's the episode about? Uh, symbiosis. <laughs> is it about a hand grabbing a planet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it is about, there's this freighter that's going to like explode or whatever, and the Enterprise beams the people aboard, and, and I guess the stuff that they've been carrying. Um, anyway, it's like this weird drug episode, because there's two planets that are like next to each other. One planet had like the plague. The other planet was able to manufacture some sort of drug that cured the plague. They cured the plague, but it turns out that this drug was also like a like addictive. Oh ho. And so they keep selling this planet this drug because they tell them if you don't give it up, you're going to get the plague back. But of course what they're really getting is withdrawal Dr- symptoms and they've been lying to them for what maybe could be centuries over this. Whoa. And so then Picard needs to make this decision of do we let this continue because it's also like slightly a more primitive culture i think it's a little nebulous like they have spaceships <laughs> yeah when uh, they're like oh this interferes with the prime directive but i guess it's supposed to be you can't interfere with anyone that's less technologically I think advanced pre-warp civilization the, oh that's right uh, that's it you haven't, you haven't discovered warp drive anyway so they're now the big argument in the episode is that should we interfere or should we let this go on through a couple of twists and turn p- turns picard's able to make it so he doesn't violate the prime directive but make sure everybody like you know is hip to the scheme kind of yeah so <laughs> he kind of puts a stop to this bullshit i think i remember this one now that it's a pretty standout it. like season one episode that with deals with like a good got question some yeah. real clunkers in it but the i saw this monster. beer i didn't i i don't even think i blinked as i was in the store to get a case of miller highlight for this recording session saw that sitting on a shelf and went holy shit and just put it in the cart makes wow. sense so here we are guys and your eyes were taped open while you were shopping <laughs> yeah have... that's why you're not blinking yep so are we gonna get massively addicted to this beer beyond my alcoholism maybe not beyond your alcoholism on the okay. back it's just... so it's just Business as usual. Yep. It says federationofbeer.com on the Federation. I love that. Federation of Beer. Malts. Two row wheat malt, raw wheat, caramel 20, Vienna 
Sigilated. Hops. Warrior. Sentinel. Amarillo. Interesting. From Season sh- 1, Episode 22, Symbiosis. There we go. From sh- the Do you think they've done other? Company. Are, are other people out there aware of other Star Trek beers that have come out? Like, have they done a beer per episode? Are they going to do, like, over 100? That's kind of an awesome idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what about this makes it... I wish they had some explanation of their thought process. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, what about this evokes that episode? Yeah, Sorry, maybe guys. open the other one. Drop it. <laughs> Dropping beers? Dropping beers. Hold on. Oh, wait, here we go. On the bottom of the box. This is made yeah, by the... Schmaltz. Bo- on the bottom of the box. <laughs> this is made by the Schmaltz Brewing Company. In Clifton Park, New York State. So it says, for over 10,000 years, a symbiotic relationship has thrived between yeast and sugar. <laughs> uh, malts, hops, beer, and beer love. For our latest Star Trek release, oh, latest Star Trek release, they must have more. Hmm. We are celebrating this benevolent coexistence and paying homage to the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation and the episode Symbiosis. In this episode, two different races from the same galaxy have seemingly found a way to peacefully coexist and work together for the betterment of all. However, we eventually learn that the relationship is based on the false premise of Felicium, which is sold by the Breckians to the Ornarans. This forces Captain Picard to make an excruciating choice, uphold the Prime Directive, or save the entire civilization from exploitation. In this 30th anniversary ale, the Schmaltz crew has upheld its Prime Directive, very good, to boldly unite hops, malts, yeast, and water in the pursuit of craft beer excellence. Share a bottle of this limited edition commemorative ale with your own United Federation. Make it so. Wow. Wow. I love that. This is awesome. I kind of like the packaging. Yeah. I like this john the weird hand the weird hand is that from the episode no i don't know no no no, none of that it's just there i'm guessing they reuse the the packaging and just relabel it maybe that's bizarre is this the enterprise the enterprise d brother (laughs) enterprise d with yeah enterprise bomb d D, yeah is it the enterprise d somebody out there's like no it isn't it i thought it was the d and in the movies in the movies it's the e E. it's because it blows up wow a bunch of times like over and over again (laughs) and what are you opening this bottle with oh i thought that was highlander related Oh, no, I've got a... Kyle gave me this. It's a Game of Thrones... Uh, the Hand of the King Hand pin. of the Kingpin. Oh, so that's Daredevil spinoff, right? Yeah, the Hand, yeah, of, the hand of the Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's pretty rad. All right, have we tried this yet? I had a sip. It tastes okay. futuristic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it tastes like an ale. Did a Highlander beer ever get created? No. You sure? I mean, actually, I, I'm not sure at all. I don't mm. know. There what about a Highlander be? mead? Mythos mead? Ooh. I could see there being a 30th anniversary Highlander ale. I I bet that would sell somewhere. Richie Red Ale. Richie, Richie Red, Red Stone. Stone Ale. Yeah. Duncan yeah. Duvel. That's a brand. That is a brand. Uh, what's a D beer? Doppelbach. Doppelbach. Duncan's Doppelbach. Yeah. I've seen doppels before. <laughs> I've seen doppels before. <laughs> and then for our chip selection today, we have... Rap snacks. Oh, Excuse wow. me. Uh, yes. Just go, the, all right. Rap snacks. Seeing is believing on this package. Yeah. We'll have to put a picture of this. So it's called Rap Snacks. Fetty the flavor Wop? Is, the, the, the flavor is honey jalapeno. Uh, it says Fetty Wop. And is that then, a slur? <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, it's got a picture of the wrapper in question on the back and an illustration on the front. Hmm. And then it's got a quote from Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fetty Wop that says... Nobody put me on. I got up and worked extremely hard for what I have. No one could take that from me. Fetty Wap. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, true. Like honey and jalapeno. I'm sweet and hot. 
Um, Make it so with these rap snacks. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of it here. Hmm. There's no real other, you know, description or story. I hope this is an unlicensed product. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it is. I mean, it does have a website. This is from RGF Productions. No. Rapsnacks.net. Well, if it's from RGF Productions, right. Let's it open has this to up. be great. Does Fetty Wap have something wrong with one of his eyes? Uh, yeah, it looks like he kind of doesn't have one of them. <laughs> like, it's really fucked up. Like, this <laughs> illustration on the front is crazy. Also, like, there's a mountain of chips behind him. So, here, try these. Oh, I like this. Here, try these. There's those chewing sounds you love. Yeah. The th- these kind of taste like those... Oh my god, that's so Stop. loud. Stop. So loud. Those like honey barbecue chips from like hers or whatever. They have like that bee that like that's spray painting for some reason that he's like constantly defacing. Oh right, that bee. Yeah, oh right, that bee. Antifa. <laughs> Destruction of property. Alright, well we're gonna start stacking and we're gonna start. These are eating. great. I like them. They're sp- they're spicy too. Rap snacks. Fetty Wop. Fetty Wop. Just for WAP is spelled W A P, not the other way. Right. Yeah, that's true. We're not true. in trouble. Not yet. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Blind Faith because we got some reader mail. Uh, so this is all about Blind Faith. So uh, Sarah H. wrote, as far as Richie's kind of spiritual take on this whole thing, this episode toward the beginning of the character pondering the big questions are, why are we here and the meaning of life? We all tend to question these things at some point in our life. And Richie has uh, added this variable of immortality. Okay. Spiritual stuff. What else we got? Oh, she she continues. Excuse me. Oh, That's okay. not the end of it. Uh, this part of Richie's character development comes to a head with the fake Mythos episode. We see it highlighted in the uh, Mikey episode, too. I think it would have been really cool to explore the bigger questions more within the context of the Highlander universe. But as we see in this episode, the writers tend to have interesting ideas that they don't follow through on. The spiritual and deeper, deeper moral questions could have made for really interesting character development, but the writers never use the full, were never using it to the full potential and end up with a sort of okay episode. Hmm. Interesting. I think the show does ask some pretty big questions. I don't know if I 100% certainly agree Certainly in with this, this episode they do. Yeah, I don't know if I 100% agree with this, Sarah. Interesting points for me personally. Like, I think they do explore them pretty well. But that's the tricky thing is these questions are like vast. Like even if they like tried to explore it, it's like how many episodes can we devote to some of these things? Like it's very complicated. All right. This uh, episode is going to be about utilitarianism. And <laughs> the next episode, we're going to take on Kant, that motherfucker. <laughs> Emmanuel Kant? No, the other one. Oh. Ben Kant. <laughs> ben Kant. <laughs> Mike Kant? Yeah. Now we're in trouble. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> All right. Also on our Facebook page, we uh, asked people if Duncan should have forgiven Cage in mm. Blind Faith. Luke Cage? Yeah. Nick Jim Cage? S writes, yeah. Jim S. writes, sure, it's not like Jim's? he hadn't done morally <laughs> reprehensible things himself Jim's. or piled around with other folks he had, like Mythos, Darius, or Richie. Moral ambiguity is all part of the package with an immortal protagonist. Hmm. Uh, Forrest mm. P. writes, Forgiveness comes with time. Mythos and Darius had millennia. Richie, well, everyone has biases. Duncan may forgive in time. He may not. Ultimately, not killing Kieran was what was right, and it seemed Duncan realized that. I don't see the connection between those two points. The function of time bit. Time bits. Is he saying that it was long enough that he should have been forgiven? Because it doesn't seem like it's that long when you consider the magnitude of his war crimes. <laughs> Yeah, if Hitler came back, how long would it have to be for him to come back? Until when he did come back, I have a mush mouth today. 
It's all those rap snacks. That's right. Rap snacks. How long would it have to take for Hitler to come back for him not to be punished for his crimes? No amount of time. <laughs> I think is the answer there. Yeah. Like infinite time. But what if he like worked at like a homeless shelter and passed out sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when you put it that way. Very good. All right. Bologna. So uh, Luis S. writes, one immortal Luis's. playing God is enough. And Vince's, Vincent, Vince S., Vince's, uh, writes, yes, we all need to forgive. Very good, Vince. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised no one has taken a hard stance on this guy. I yeah. feel like I was taking the hardest stance of us on yeah. this guy. I, I don't know that I've moved on that point. I agree that it's close, though. All right. Well, we also have a comment from Liz S., host of the Foxes in the Henhouse podcast. His relevatory moment over the children's graves just made no sense. The most logical explanation, really, is if that flashback, as we see it, were a lie, and Cage slash Kieran were an unreliable narrator in this case. I was actually bis- bit, a bit disappointed that it wasn't that way. I like that idea a lot, hmm. that he said he had some sort of moment there, but he's full of shit. That might be yeah. an interesting twist. That would be an interesting twist, though it removes the moral question. Mm. That's just basically saying, well, no, 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 he actually just is, there's no redemption, he is yeah. still evil. There's no, it's a false premise that that he, Mac was being asked to decide in the first instance. Right. And then another comment from Vince's. So could Duncan have realized that Cage had changed yet still took his head for what he had done? Sort of like an immortal death penalty? Mac realizes Cage has changed and even forgives him. But as with the justice system, Cage still has to pay for his sins, so to speak. And who would decide this? Ah, it could be a never, never-ending thinking here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's an interesting point. And, you know, has Cage really suffered enough for the crimes he committed? So far as we know, he's not suffered at all. At all. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's unfortunate that we're not going to solve human morality on UPN, but right. maybe on USA. I don't know. That's right. I think we could on Characters USA. Characters welcome. Monk solves it. Monk solves it. <laughs> to- and then finally. Tony Shalhoub fan. Yeah. And it's psych. Psych, yeah. Yep. All right. Finally, James S. writes us, guys, great guys. podcast. Couple of points. The podcaster who was talking about... He says, oh, sorry, when you guys start talking, I don't know everybody's voices well enough to recognize that. <laughs> but who says there's you a time will. component makes an interesting point. That was me. Was yeah. it? I thought it was me. I thought it was me. Mm. I thought it was... You? No. Oh, I don't no. know. Uh, but remember, Duncan had already forgiven an immortal who would be classified as a war criminal. His name was Darius, who was a warlord in Roman times. That Ooh. means he looted villages, burned, burned towns, raped women, slaughtered men, and sold children into slavery. He did that for centuries. We only know Darius as the nice guy who tried to help people. It's sad that the actor Werner Stocker died. It would have been great to have a flashback showing him as the worst and someone judging him. But we see similar themes explored in season five. That would be pretty amazing. Like, if Werner Stocker was alive, I feel like that episode would be a knock-out-of-the-park story to see evil Darius. Like, all the awful things he's done. Yeah, Yeah. maybe have Mac have occasion to discover some of them. Right, or someone's finally after Darius for but would seem like good reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be a cool episode. Yeah. Is something similar covered, though? Something is with mm. me, though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Darius never denied his past. As he said, who he was informs who he is. Um, I also like the scene where McLeod calls out what Kieran uh, does as feeding his vanity by being seen as a savior. Kieran's reaction is interesting. He says, do you really think so? He is taken aback by what McLeod says, and it really gives the statement some weight. He doesn't get defensive and admits that McLeod has a point. He might still be serving his own vanity. A nice, subtle touch. That is an interesting point, that he's not objecting to that. He's self-reflective about it. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that is interesting. Good, Good stuff. Point, Jim. And then I do think it's important that Kieran's most recent crimes were in living memory. We have to be confronted with them because it's too easy to put them in the past, a past that was thousands of years ago. But even I remember uh, the Chimer Rouge and what they did. Making the crimes recent makes them raw and hard to look at them dispassionately, and that's the whole point. Keep up the good work. Raw dog, Kieran. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jim S. Yeah, thank uh, you. This is Jim from Detroit. And uh, we've got uh, some fun things. Sent you sent us a box, and we are, we're going to open them a little bit later today, I guess. Just fine. Or probably not later today. This is coming out after we've opened them. But we've yeah. opened them, and thank you very much, Jim. In the future of the today, the past for you. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, Jim. Good points. Thanks, Yeah, very Jim. good points. Keith did air quotes while he was reading that letter that nobody could see but us. So I just yeah, that's when when I said thank you, I put up air quotes. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. No good points. (laughs) (laughs) We're kidding. Thank you, Jim. Those are the air quotes I did. You're the hero we don't deserve. That's right. No air quotes around that. Kyle, do you want to read some of these comments? These are some comments that people had on the episode. They also serve. They also serve. This was the fun one with the watcher card game. So Vince S. Writes, listen to the pod while doing a workout. Okay, you don't have to brag, Vince. (laughs) Would have been better with less flashbacks of repeated stuff and more of Duncan doing the kung fu in the new flashbacks since Adrian Paul actually knows Hungar. Show him having passed the same techniques down to Richie and Richie uses the passed down techniques to meet Michael Christian. Simple. Yeah, that would work great. That all works well. Michael Christian. Do you think Mac could enter the Hungar games? <laughs> oh god damn it all right i actually like that, that one. that was good joshua joshua i have a theory about the over of abundance of flashbacks and they also serve other than lazy writing the repeat scenes had not been seen since the seasons they had aired at the time it was cool being able to see the fight with grayson again i'm not defending the overuse just think it may have been there may have been thought behind it or an alternative theory, there were more scenes with Mac and Mei Ling, but the producers realized their stuff was the drizzle shits and said, screw it, let's use old footage. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've... Was the drizzle shits? I assume that's a diarrhea reference. Yeah. I've never heard that before, and I think I love it. <laughs> is so, it Joshua, dri- right, clarify <laughs> yeah. for us whether that is in fact diarrhea. Yeah, just write us an email about drizzle shit. <laughs> drizzle shit. Also, challenge to our viewers, next time you write us a letter, see if you can top the phrase drizzle shit. Yeah. Give yeah. us your best creative... That's our I next contest. Yeah. Our drizzle shit contest. <laughs> yeah. One-up drizzle shit. Although, I think he makes a good point about it would be exciting to see some of those clips again. Like, yeah. I don't think I took that into account, because it's true. Like, like, you might never have the chance, unless you spent like 130 bucks buying the vhs set or whatever or you're always around videotaping them like on vhs or yeah. whatever it's like oh like i haven't seen the grayson fight in years like i remember how much i love that episode and then you get to see it again it's like oh neat yeah oh, that, that tongue is a, work that is uh, an appeal to it that is kind of lost on us yeah uh, today well we were alive though when we could only see tv shows when they aired mm-hmm. we were around before the internet sure that's so true prevalent yeah, I just don't remember having the emotion of thinking I really need a clip show. Yeah. I don't recall ever feeling that way. Yeah. All right. This All right. One. My catchphrase. All right. This one's from Robin. Batman's Ward. With the subject line, the sort of useless trivia you guys seem to like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, I appreciate your email. That sounds 
like a burn. <laughs> no, I like it because it's a burn. Yeah. You guys seem to like. So there's another repeat actor, possible third immortal, question mark, bridging the two shit piles that seem to attract <laughs> Keith, the fighter and Vendetta. Damn. Ooh, I know. big rag on the fighter. That's a good one. You got put on blast. I know. I, I, Fighter's like my favorite episode from season, season two? two. Yeah, well, I think Fighter's great. Insane. It's your it is favorite goofy. episode? All right, so you maybe can, it's not my, yeah. All right, maybe it's, not my favorite. I like it, though. I think it's really good. It's a good one. I like the funny episodes for some reason. I don't know. I am loving how amp, like amped our listeners apparently are and how yeah. willing to use creative language on it. <laughs> if, this might want to uh, drizzle shits. What is it? Between two shit piles? Bridging two shit piles. Bridging two shit piles. That does not want to drizzle shits. I'm sorry. It's good, though. It's a good good. turn of phrase. Yeah. I stand by my love of those episodes, though. What was the other one? Vendetta? Vendetta. I know. That one's rocky. What's the V for? (sighs) Venereal. Yeah. The late Richard Faraci plays the bare-knuckle fighter in the former, and in the latter, one of the bat-carrying thugs outside the back door at Joe's. Oh, Oh, okay. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. but he brought up the name. Yeah. Yeah. And he's dead. Wow. Oh. Parenthetical, I regular a bar where I often come through the loading area instead of the front door like a normal person. And for a show production, it's cheaper to put the relevant sign at the back instead of an actual storefront. And legally, they have to have so many entrances for fire regulations, I believe. Hmm. Breaking it down. Also, currently watching They Also Serve. And while you guys are probably sharp enough to realize this, besides being a cheap way to fill an hour predating YouTube, DVDs and Eve, and VHS tapes, and rerun syndication, clip episodes were the only way to see some of these things again and catch up on the people late in the show on the mythology. So, like, I guess people are driving this point home. Like, maybe maybe we are missing something there. Though as a modern viewer, I don't feel obligated to prorate it. Well, no, but I think it's a good thing to just make sure we put in context. Because sometimes it is easy to forget. Like, little things like that I didn't take into consideration when we were watching it. Like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have seen this in so long, really. And it's like, yeah. you know, I get it. I don't like it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, it's just so wow. Joe feeling torn over between his oath to the Watchers and his loyalty to Mac. This sure puts that to rest and isn't a thread that will be tidally pulled on over and over again. <laughs> hey, thanks for the work. It's much appreciated. You're Thank welcome, you, sir. old chum. It's Robin. Robin. Don't speak. What's that song? Isn't that a uh, no doubt? I didn't know, no doubt. I didn't know, no doubt. <laughs> Wait. Wow. What else we got, Kyle? <laughs> she also writes about end of They Also Serve. Matt comes back without a sword. Did he rip that guy's head off with his bare hands? <laughs> <laughs> Did he not have a sword oh. in his hands? I don't know. Maybe he put must it, have. He I must mean, have put it back in katana space. Yeah. Oh wait, no, because the only he didn't have his sword to begin with. It was Richie Adams. So Michael he, Christian, he would have used, used Michael, Michael Christian's, Christian's sword. So what did he just leave it there? It? I think he shoved it up Michael Christian's ass after he was done. <laughs> okay, I think that's what happened. Yeah, probably. That's how I read that episode. Yeah, okay, what West, else we got, Kyle? West West email on this episode is from Brian S. The Brian's. Brian's. The subject is they also serve. Pancakes! <laughs> mm. Hey guys, my thoughts about They Also Serve. I think Rita had developed a Jocasta complex, a reverse Oedipus complex. Mm. That relationship was strange. 
I love the poker game as a way for watchers to compare notes on their assignments. I'm still not sure how Joe keeps tabs on Duncan. Maybe Mike helps out in this regard. The episode does give us a unique glimpse into the watchers. I wish they would have allowed Duncan's protege, Richie. Also, this is, might be one of the first times I've ever seen someone write protege with the accent marks that go along with it. Ooh, but good job. Anyway. Duncan's protege, Richie, to shine by fighting and defeating the dude in white. 400 warrior versus cartoon-watching, pancake-eating 70s kid. No challenge. Now Richie versus Michael, both 70s kids. Richie training versus Michael's amassed quickenings. That would have stood out. Watcho-rific, Brian S. Watcho-rific. I like that. Good. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, that's... Some good comments oh, on. They also serve. Also, highlighting the differences between them. That, like, Richie probably does have an edge from getting persistent tutelage from someone as badass as Mac, whereas Michael Christian's just kind of, like, depending on insider info and the quickenings he's gotten. Yeah, insider trading. Martha Stewart. Mm. That's right. Lock her up. Uh, <laughs> she was locked up. That's that already true. happened. Served her time. Paid her debt. Speaking of debts, guys, let's talk a little bit about our GoFundMe. <laughs> so this... that was a great transition, and I say that without irony. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing a GoFundMe to help us, you know, pay our way to Los Angeles to cover the Highlander 25th anniversary convention. It should be a very fun time. We're excited to do it. Yeah, uh, but we do need our, your help. We've spent. I mean, let's just be honest here. Today we've been recording. What time is it now? Six fucking o'clock. It's after six o'clock. We've been doing this since ten. We're not done. This is going on. We're persisting further. So and still she persisted. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this takes a lot of work, much of which is borne by Keith, because it's not just the long hours spent recording and watching episodes and taking notes and writing games and doing all that stuff. It's also the nitty-gritty editing, the social media work capped in by Eamon and Keith. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Right. We devote. It's like a part-time job. A very long part-time job. <laughs> uh, that pays you no money. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we all put a lot of work into this, and it's one of those things that, you know, we want to make sure we can cover the convention well with the right equipment and make sure we're able to get out there and not break the bank doing it. Right. And for and, those of you who can't go we would like to communicate as much as we possibly can to you about this experience consider this your insider track into what's going on we'll be shooting out podcasts updating you on the things going on we'll be shaking hands kissing babies meeting people talking to fans hopefully rubbing elbows with a star or two right yeah we want to be able to do as much as we can to if you can't go make it feel like you Got to experience something with the rest of us, which would be pretty cool. So that's why we're asking people to donate to our GoFundMe. So you can just go to GoFundMe.com, and you can just search there for Highlander Rewatch, or I believe the website. It's on our Facebook page. Yeah, the link is uh, pinned right to the top of our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. uh, but our website is GoFundMe.com slash Highlander dash Rewatch dash Gathering. That's how you can find us. But any amount you can give is totally awesome. And whatever you give, we're going to be giving you a shout-out on our show and talking about you. And if there's a special message even you want to give, let us know. Yeah, maybe we can uh, drop a line. Yeah, so we'll talk maybe a little bit more about our GoFundMe and the Gathering in a little bit. But we should talk a little bit about... Some of this reader mail for Song of the Executioner. So this is pretty good, guys. So this Aiden is, doesn't get to read. Well, I was going to read this one just because. Whatever. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. No, you read Aiden, away. I, I got more for you, Eamon. Okay. Don't okay. worry. There's a stack of these things you're going through. All right. I'm really sorry. You should be. Anyway, <laughs> the reason I wanted to read this. So this is from Robin. Robin P. Is that the same person that wrote us in? Same Robin. Ah, same Robin. All right, Robin, you're crushing it. 
It's not Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character from... Yeah. <laughs> well, Robin, what a pretty name. You can use it more often. <laughs> oh, <sighs> that's the best of the whole trilogy. Anyway, oh, this is Robin with a Y. Thank you again for writing. Anyway, this is about Song of the Executioner. I had made some kind of flipping comment about, like, Brother Paul was like, oh, we got this record deal. It's going to save the Abbey. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who's buying these records? Like, <laughs> how many of these things are you really going to sell? I can't imagine this is going to solve your money problems. I'm wrong. Oh. So Robin writes in, uh, before I originally saw this episode, I saw a news story about monks doing the exact exactly that because of a fad from chant albums. They were obs- uh, obscenely successful and made someone, probably not the monks, a lot of money. And then they included a Wikipedia link to this album just called Chant. And it's an album of Gregorian chant performed by the Benedictine monks of Santo Domingo de Silos. At their monastery in Burgos, Spain, the music was recorded perhaps as early as 1970s, but not did not sell significantly until it was released by Angel Records in 1994, right alongside the timeline of these episodes, uh, when it was strongly marketed as an anecdote to the stress of modern life. Chant is the best-selling album of Gregorian chant ever released. It peaked at number three on the Billboard 200 music charts. What? And it was certified double platinum, meaning two million copies were sold in the U.S. Worldwide, the album sold around six million copies. Damn. You're kidding. I think that's absolutely what this storyline was like inspired by. Wow. Was this. That's right? amazing. Okay. Yeah, I buy that completely. Yeah. Unless Robin wrote that Wikipedia article. In <laughs> right. which case, Robin... You're Kudos. crafty. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. <laughs> That's actually a brilliant idea to write fake Wikipedia articles, <laughs> articles and then send us links so we can read all these bullshit facts on air. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> You're fake news. I only like real news. Yeah. That's crazy. Six million dollars for Gregorian Six. Chan. Also, this is coming from someone who owns like over a dozen Gregorian Chan albums. Really? Yeah, stop bragging. <laughs> yeah, you, I do. Why? Because I was a um, yeah, musicologist. Oh. Got to study up on that. Is that what they call someone who listens to the Prince album, Musicology? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about <laughs> right now. That's the only okay. requirement. <laughs> that's actually what this this album was. All right. Now we have a bunch of other reader mail Ugh. here to get through. And this does not necessarily pertain to one particular episode. We have a fucking stack. Stack. Um, so, Eamon, yeah, do you want to sure. read us some of these? Let's see. We can pass that around a little because it's thick. This is from David G., Another great show, fellas. Fun fact, back in 2005 or so, my short film screamed along with Stan Kirsch's Straight Eye movie. It was a Thursday... Straight Eye for the... Yeah, for the queer guy? I don't remember what that was. Am I allowed to say it? Um, Apparently, it was like a reversal of the queer eye trope in movie form. It was a Thursday afternoon on the 20th century Fox lot. After every round of screenings, a block of four shorts... We all had a group Q&A session with the audience. He brought most of the cast with him. I had my actor with me. The other film's cast crew didn't even show. I seem to remember Stan having a couple of people in the audience, the only people in attendance, actually, ask him questions. He was perfectly nice to them. When it all ended, I introduced myself, wished him luck, then asked him about Highlander. He smiled and thanked me. He, he smiled and went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure he was warm and lovely. David, I, I talk to David now and then over social media. Did he reference your Highlander questions at all? <laughs> to say he smiled and thanked me <laughs> and then didn't answer That's my it. questions. Let so in episode know. 306 when he, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this one is from Jack F. Jackie F. Uh, hello, I just discovered your podcast and love it. Thank you. 
I'm an avid Highlander fan, having grown up with the series much the same way you guys did. I'm only past your season one review. I hope you're still listening. And I'm now <laughs> working through the first movie review. But I'm trying to re-watch, rematch Highlander as well. I don't know what that means. It's rewatch. rewatch. Yeah, re-watch. It's, that catches re-watch. me all the time. It's really annoying. I've noticed that Duncan has drastically changed his fighting style from season one to season two. Did you guys touch on this? I've noticed that in The Watchers, and even in the following episode, he has almost a whole new style, going from a tight, formal style to a more of a loose, flowing style. Some type of kung fu? I am no martial arts expert. I'm wondering if Adrian Paul has studied a new form between seasons and tried to showcase it. It wouldn't be surprising, since his own martial arts preferences are why he has his sword destroyed in the source. And he used Chinese butterfly swords instead. I think it's also why Duncan went all peaceful in season six of Highlander and in the ending of The Source. What the fuck? <laughs> the, <Hungar. laughs> the Source makes me think that Adrian Paul pulled a Kirk Cameron on the writers. But you'll get to that film soon enough. Will we? I mean, in three Will years. Will we get to it soon? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, just touching base with you guys. I love your work and cannot thank you enough. Jack F. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, that's, that's very nice. nice. We really appreciate that. And that's an interesting question about the fighting style change. Yeah. Yeah, because Efron we... didn't come in until season three, and there's a market change there. But he only did the sword things, right? Or did he do the martial arts stuff as well? I, I thought he did all the fight choreography. I don't know. Hmm. You know, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. In the 25th, <laughs> 25th anniversary convention. Check out our GoFundMe. That's right. It's, it's actually just me. Yeah. Go, <laughs> Go fund, fund Kyle. Just me. <laughs> It's me. That's Highlander. <laughs> GoFundMe.com. Also, I didn't know that about the butterfly. Rewatch dash gathering. <laughs> the butterfly swords. That was Adrian Paul's idea? I don't know about that. I don't know if he's making a assumption there. I'd be interested. I'd be very surprised, though. Yeah. That does not like seem like a choice that anyone would make. The, they would let their actor make? I mean, it's a not a good choice. <laughs> I don't think, frankly. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're right about that. I mean, that. That, that whole movie is a bunch of bad choices. The source. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if he pulls a Kirk Cameron. I, I don't know if that's what we're thinking. Hmm. I, don't think, I don't think that's what's going on here. I don't know. I think Duncan, spoiler, goes a little peaceful in season six. I think that's just a what direction can we take this character hmm. and move. Interesting. Also, season six is like tryouts for spinoff shows. So it's like, how about Duncan's barely in this season? <laughs> so let's have him not really fight people. Yeah. Spinoff. <laughs> Is there any word more loved in the English language? What is that? That's a Simpsons quote. The spinoff spectacular oh. where they have like Wiggum and Skinner as detectives Dips. in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Here's an email from somebody named Magnus K. All right. And I want to say their last name, but I won't because we don't do that. But this person has an awesome name. Nice job, Magnus. I'm going to just assume it's Kurgan. <laughs> Magnus Kurgan. <laughs> I know the show is all about the Highlander, but can Richie get some love? The girl exactly. and a quickening once in a while? That's right. Great show, guys. Can't wait for your review on Highlander 3, the sorcerer. I mean the magician. No, the final dimension. <laughs> Maybe the grab from our money. At any rate, it should be a hoot. Magnus K. It should yeah, be. We're looking forward I'm to actually, it. Too. I'm really looking forward actually, to Highlander 3. That is the Highlander movie I think I have seen the least mm. and remember the most hazily. Yeah. Remember that sex scene, though? I've the never hottest seen sex it. scene of 1995 or whatever oh the, they marketed it on the back of the VHS. Yep. VHS. Yep. <laughs> I can see Eamon just bracing to have to read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
This one's a doozer. Well, we should have a whole episode dedicated to the sex scene in Highlander 3. No. Okay. We should not. We should. No. no. I'm down. No. Where we live stream us watching, watching it. it. <laughs> and we do, we do it in a sauna. <laughs> a bunch of old Russian yeah. men with us. So what do you think of this, sir? We nah. should do an episode where we all get massaged. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but don't go, donate to our GoFundMe people, <laughs> where, where we waste everyone's money on massages. massages. Please don't think that's serious. We oh, we will absolutely use the money just for. I keep a tight book over here. A lot of spreadsheets. I keep a tight book. Tight book. That's gross. <laughs> Put your book away. <laughs> what do you got, Heyman? Anything good? This is this two-page thing that I'm having oh trouble deciphering. Southern Chicky has commented, The more I rewatch the show, the more I agree with you. I even recently found myself hesitant to call what Mac was doing gaslighting, even though it perfectly fits the definition. I didn't want to assign that attribute to him because he's the good guy, the hero, the main character. I always struggled with why I disliked Anne and always figured it was mostly, she's not Tessa. And my preteen brain couldn't handle the information fully. Now I'm really inclined to just keep your explanation close at hand because I think you hit the nail on the head. The relationship made us uncomfortable because it was unhealthy and we just didn't want to have to blame the hero for it. So it must be the woman's fault. It also poses some serious questions about victim blaming and also placing the onus at the feet of the woman in the relationship. If she'd just stop asking questions of Mac, everything would be fine. How dare she want to know more about her boyfriend? How dare she worry about his sanity? He's the hero. He's the man. Silence, woman. We are privy to the top secret information and judge her based off our knowledge and not hers. I feel like I'm rewatching a very different show than I remember. In a way, I am. I think that was a really interesting email. Uh, and I think we should just talk a little bit about Anne. This is something that like... R.I.P. Anne. Well, I guess you're back. We're going to see her in a little bit. Don't worry, everybody. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, But like, I think we should have like a kind of an overarching discussion of Anne. Maybe now's a good time. Maybe we'll talk about her later too on the show. But people fucking hate her. Like I've posted some Facebook posts about Anne. And I've been like shocked at the amount of comments that are like, Anne's terrible. Anne's awful. I don't know. I remember being kind of indifferent to her, but knowing people didn't like her. Having rewatched this, I have a very different opinion, as this person does. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I never had a problem with Anne. I mean, Mac's an asshole to her. Yeah, a real dickhead. Yeah. He doesn't tell spill the beans with her after she's shot at, after her career's almost destroyed, after he dies and isn't really dead. <laughs> she pays the price for this a lot of times. Like, over and over again, she is placed in danger. Kenny trying to kill her. Her life is in mortal danger multiple times, and Mac never comes clean and pushes her away over and over again. Yeah. And, like, to her detriment. Right. Yeah. It's also mechanically interesting the way Mac's relationship plays out with Anne versus the way Tessa's relationship plays out with Mac. Well, first off, I don't think we get to see a lot of tender moments with and we'll see Mac and Tess like fucking stuff and like they're all kissing, the time kissing like there's always Make some coffee. You want some coffee? There's always Make these kind coffee. of very like romance novel moments with the two of them being yeah. in love. And we get to see those sweet moments. And I don't think we really ever get to see tender moments with Mac and Anne, which, it's you know, very small. Right. Uh, but I think also mechanically the way like the relationship plays out, like the source of tension between Mac and Tess is that Tess is often being put in harm's way. And Anne sometimes is, but, like, Tess is being put in harm's way, and Mac gets to save her. 
And that's the source of tension. Or that Tess is worried about Mac, like, oh, you're, you might not come home tonight, essentially. That sort of thing. And this is the source of tension. But the source of tension between Mac and Anne is that Anne's asking questions that Mac doesn't want to answer. So, you know what I mean? Like, the, the relationship is just different that way. Like, it's like, not that, like, in- Anne gets kidnapped and it's like, I can save you. I want to save you. And it's like, that's like an act of love and kindness, like, to want to go out and risk your life to save somebody. But they don't seem to have that relationship. They have this, like, why aren't you telling me stuff? And it's, I don't want to tell you. Fuck you. So I think that's problematic, that we just don't get, we, we're seeing a very different relationship play out. Yeah. And it's, like, dark. Yeah. It's not great. Like the way it plays out is, ooh. yeah. It's it's weird that people turn on her so much. Yeah, especially with that psychotic break he has in shadows. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Where he's like swinging his sword around <laughs> outside a of a park. Yeah, it's like. So I'm pretty sure my boyfriend is schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> like out of his mind. Yeah. So yeah, everybody else. Give me like, some rum. Give, give me some rum. rum. Give me some rum. <laughs> Everyone needs to, like, I think, cool it on Anne. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some of the Facebook comments, maybe they're not people that have listened to our podcast. So if you're not listening to our podcast right now, I encourage you to come and listen <laughs> yeah. to our podcast. Yeah. It's not really <laughs> on our matter. podcast. But I think, I don't know, in time, like, I think I have a very different opinion of Anne than I did when I was younger, for sure. I didn't hate her, but I, you know, I don't think I was like, I didn't see this relationship as a toxic one, certainly when I was 13 watching this. Yeah. But it is. But it definitely is. And it's Mac's fault, and Anne deserves better. Yep. Also, she's like a badass doctor. Like, Also, I think great point from, what what was her user tag? Southern Chicky? Southern Chicky. Southern Chicky Chicky and Pete's? Yeah. I think a great point that, like, also there is this conflict you have as a watcher that, like, you're like, Mac is the hero of the story, but he's maybe doing something wrong? Like, that can't be... Like, that's impossible because he's the hero of the story. Like, it doesn't jive in your head. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, it has to be her fault, right? Like, yeah. clearly she's doing something wrong because the hero is the hero. Yeah. And he can't be doing all this weird, fucked up <laughs> mental, like, psychological shit to his girlfriend. Hmm. Guys, I think we should all open these beers together to avoid an insane amount of beer cracking on this podcast. Beer cracking. Beer cracking. At least... The beer cracking. Siriatum beer cracking. Here we go. One, two, three. I wish that was more synchronized. But. Well, we have more beers to go. So Very good. Any other reader mail, Eamon? Oh, read this? Let's see. This is from Jeff S. Uh, let's see Jeffs. here. Jeff. Eamon rules, period. Okay. Thank That's you, Jeff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. Hold on. Let's, let's pause on that first point. Let's bring that up for debate. How much does Eamon roll? Scale of one to... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Eamon. I'm just teasing. Go I know. No. Eamon, you've got like, a lot of fans. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who watches the Rewatchers? I should do a podcast no on the Rewatchers review of each Highlander episode and how I see the episodes differently from the Rewatchers. Ooh, That would be meta. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you guys are epic, but it annoys me when I disagree with something you're saying, and I can't just respond immediately with a phone call. <laughs> Driving in L.A. traffic, I need to have quicker access to rebuttal. Ugh. As great as Callus is in watching Song of the Executioner, you guys say, this is the first time Duncan meets his equal. No chance. Callus is a monk who has been living on holy ground, taking unsuspecting immortals' heads. He likely doesn't train like Duncan does, or is as physically fit as Duncan. Duncanson school him, period. Interesting. See, all right, well, I disagree with that on a couple of levels. First off, I don't think we said it's the only time he's ever met an equal. But yeah, because we, we definitely, Grayson was his yeah. equal, if not better. Right. But 
That was maybe Monk. First off, Monk version of Callus is different than present day Callus. Also, Monk Callus was apparently training and killing people, <laughs> so like yeah. he was fighting a lot. So like I don't Monk think training though, because he barely had to fight them. Right. Not as, he had to fight Brother Timon. They That's fought. True. Callus won. I guess so. He also had like a long career, assumably before that. But in any case. Then there's also the fact that, like, we don't have a reason to think he's going from monastery to monastery after he initially gets banished by Brother Paul. So far as we know, he's just out in the world doing his thing. Yeah. Taking heads, being a bastard. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And the fact that he beats Mac in that first fight handily demonstrates that he's got real chops. Right. So, I respectfully dissent, Jeffs. This is also one of those instances where, I don't know, sometimes... Joe telling us something is very helpful. I think a lot of us thinking Callus can beat Duncan mm-hmm. is because Joe's like, Callus is fucking bad news, and like I'm worried about Duncan. Like, and it's yeah. like, thanks for the heads up, Joe, because like he just kind of outright tells us that this guy's better than Duncan. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, hmm. So we don't necessarily see it, but I think we believe it because Joe tells us. Yeah, I think I also believe it from the fight. <laughs> like from the fight, I definitely believe it, and from that fight in the opera house that we get to see in the next episode. Opera, opera man, boy, boy. That could be our next Facebook poll: Is Adam Sandler actually funny? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's actually funny. No. <laughs> oh, there's Keith's answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever, guys, thought about doing any other podcasts? You three are way too great as a trio to not do another podcast. I watched the first season of Riverdale, and it was pretty cool. Check it out if you haven't. I tried listening to a Riverdale podcast, and it was terrible. (laughs) It needed Eamon, Keith, and Kyle. It would be stellar. Damn. Thank you, Jeff. But we're here to announce the uh, launch of our Riverdale (laughs) podcast. Actually, this is a very good... Oh, sorry. Oh, good. I was going to say this is a good transition into perhaps talking about our GoFundMe a little more. (laughs) Mm, Uh, Yeah, I've thought about doing some other podcasts. I actually have like a notebook that has like notes and outlines of some episode ideas I want to do of different things, which I think will be fun. I like podcasting. It's a lot of fun. But it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys feel about that sort of thing. I wouldn't mind... Us uh, exploring maybe a podcast of something a little more contemporary, something perhaps a little newer and with a larger fan base might be fun. Totally. Uh, But also, like, this podcast requires a lot of research, essentially. Research, I use that term loosely. I mean, like, we have to sit down. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. I was was taking that in a different direction. My bad. No, no. I, I would love to do another podcast that might be similar to this, although most of mine are kind of hedging away from that just because it does take a lot of time and that's why we're asking people to donate to our GoFundMe to go to Los Angeles because you know when we have to write you know sit down and watch these episodes week to week or we you know we we do these in batches and it's a lot like I know I mean every episode's like an hour long but for me it takes a lot longer to write the notes yeah it easily takes 90 minutes to 2 hours to do 1 hour to right. watch it once right and sometimes we yeah. might watch it more than once. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of that, uh, typing up notes. We also have to you know, pull clips that you'll hear either sometimes in our episodes and sometimes clips that we pull get used. Sometimes they don't, but we have to do it because we kind of work a little freeform when we do our episodes. So if there's a clip somebody wants to play, we play it that way. Uh, how else do we? We should just kind of talk about how we put the episodes together. This might be fun. Also, like then there's all the clips that are pulled for social media. Like this takes hours of time. Uh, so sure. the dedication to being like, hey, let's do a Riverdale podcast would be awesome. But 
the work that comes with that is also very large. So to is do that, awesome in the other sense of the word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so to do that in conjunction with Highlander, I for me right now is like almost impossible. If, right. Unless I was getting like paid and then like could quit my job. Yeah. Uh, and do this all the time. Uh, so I would down be always down to do like a more like an even looser podcast, something that was just kind of more improv or just a discussion-based thing that didn't involve kind of this more analytical approach to a show. But yeah, that I, adds I, time, yeah, for I, sure. Thank you very much. Je- is it Jeff? That Jeff, wrote, Jeff yeah. that wrote this email. I really appreciate that you think we're fun and good at what we do. Yeah. But yeah, sadly, it's just, for me, it's one of those things that, like, it's a time thing. <laughs> Takes a so donate time. to our GoFundMe. Uh, that's GoFundMe.com slash Highlander dash rewatched dash gathering and help us get to the los angeles 25th anniversary convention so we can put in more time <laughs> to bring you content <laughs> we can spend yeah. yet more time doing this right. thing at this point all we're asking is to not have to spend more money to do this right yeah because yeah, we do spend our own money to make this happen like this is not a and endeavor without cost and time and we is, know time is, is money. money money baby sorry man go on <laughs> Not sure if you'll be in the country for the gathering convention. Oh, we just talked about that. But if I am and you guys want to grab a beer, I'm buying. That, now we want to. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now yeah. we're awesome. talking. You get that wallet out. Write a nice email like that. I like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeffs, can't wait to meet you. Looking forward to the Mythos episodes, and don't do me wrong on the Immortal Simoli. Chimole. Chimole. That's a fun one. That Ooh. is a fun one. Keep up the great work, guys. Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. This is a very kind email. Yeah, thank you. And that's it for my bitch. All right. Is there more? We have a ton of emails. Like I said, a couple episodes, I think we mentioned that, like, hey, some people always wonder, why didn't my email get fucking read? This is why. This is fucking why. There was a stack of of emails and all this stuff, and sometimes we tackle them. Sometimes we do a mini episode where we're like, let's just read them all. This is no longer a mini episode, by the way. (laughs) This is a maxi episode. It's certainly unedited. (laughs) I'm not dealing with this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, Binge and purge. We're purging our mailbag. All right, so we got um, an email from Sebastian M., this is pretty cool. Is he the crab? Sebastian Gorka? He yeah. just got fired. Oh. Gork. The Gork. <laughs> All right. This is kind of mind-blowing. Basically, I found this podcast because I've, I've been a huge fan of the original movie. Like, actually wrote a university paper on Kurgan culture. Wow. What? Uh, spoiler. What Kurgan culture? <laughs> we're about to find out. Oh. Spoiler. The movie is as historically accurate on that as pretty much everything else. <laughs> I just wanted to listen to the episode about the movie and really enjoyed it. So now I'm listening to the rest of the podcast. However, fun fact, after watching Highlander 2 once, I decided to just not watch Highlander things that aren't the first movie. It was a knee-jerk reaction, sure. But after the sequel, can you fully blame me? So far, I haven't actually seen any of this ever, referring to the show. Wow. wow. But a, but a that. huge Highlander fan. And I think there's a lot of Highlander fans out there that are like that. It's like, the movie's the movie. And they maybe never maybe... just missed out on the show. And they missed and... the show for whatever reason. And yeah. never, you know, they're just into the movie. Um, I've seen some write-ups and Tumblr photo edits, but that's it. Uh, but I'm going to keep listening because this podcast is amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, uh, so this is the first clip I've seen uh, of the Highlander universe outside of the first two movies. He's referring this, to dude. the Line of Fire Anatomy of a Scene video we put together oh, where we like where we skewer this scene. <laughs> as being In an ab- episode we love. Oh, we love that. Clay yeah. Barris directed a great episode one of our maybe our favorite clay boris episode it's up there it's very it's good a, it's a great episode great episode but 
it has an insano quickening. Yeah, that's um, nice. yeah, it's this, nutty. I don't yeah. know what it's doing. So he says, "This is uh something. I'm in some kind of terrible awe." Uh, also, <laughs> is this some kind of mystical, super well forged spear? Decapitation by sword is fickle enough. Nice aim with it, Duncan. Uh, so anyway, he's given us some info, tried to whittle it down a little bit about the Kurgan. So I'll read some we can discuss, and maybe I'll read a little more. Here we go. They were a nomadic culture spreading out from the Caspian steppes that venerated their horses and crafted really exquisite bridal pieces and jewelry for them out of precious metals, elaborate designs resembling other animals and mythical creatures. Very much like the Kurgan. Kind of like a dragon. Uh, yeah, exactly. They wore less jewelry themselves. The focus was on the horses. When either a horse Darkness or a person died... 40, the focus is on the horses. <laughs> oh, boy. When either a horse or person died, they buried the one, and when the second near death unearthed the site and buried the other there, so the two would be reunited. Aww. So man and horse. Yeah, that's an interesting tradition. Darkness uh, 41, man and horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also seem to have had a sort of shamanistic spirituality, not uncommon for the area, especially the Orals and Siberia, through which they passed. I'm a big tattoo enthusiast, and hopefully eventually a tattoo artist cool cool so it's fun to note that there's evidence in morbid terms patches of preserved skin showing that they extensively tattooed themselves with designs of animals elk antelope big cats that possibly ties into the shamanism as well i think that's really cool and honestly like that's something i'd be into like in the reboot get yeah. into that shit that's yeah. rad that is pretty rad especially like he's got this mythical kurgan's got this mythical connection anyway it's pretty cool mm-hmm. especially yeah if you see like the rest of his tribe it's like they're into horses, and he's into fucking dragons and shit. Like, it's Kurgan's out there. Yeah. Uh, They're like, ooh, who's this weirdo? Definitely no feeding kids to dogs. I mean, okay, I have no proof they didn't, but there's absolutely no proof for it either. And nomadic tribes tend to be a lot about resource management and maintaining or growing their numbers. So throwing anyone to dogs would not help the very least. Other than feeding a dog. I'm not sure what point it would serve. Right. <laughs> Other than feeding a dog. Yeah, it does serve that point, doesn't it? Also, big on gender equality, which makes the Kurgan in the movie a bit befuddling besides just deeply problematic. Female remains were found decked out in the same armor and with the same weapons as the men, in mostly the same numbers as men, and buried with the same honors. Some claim this gave rise to stories about the Amazons. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that cool, That's way cool. Yeah. This is this email's great. The this hits keep great. on trucking. Maybe in the keep, maybe in the reboot, the Kurgan should be a woman. Hey oh, maybe. Ah, uh, this is more of these SJWs. Ah, Paul Fig directs the Highlander <laughs> reboot. Guys, relax. A lot of it is hard to trace throughout history because these tribes existed such a long time ago, left no written records, no villages, nothing except burial sites and whatever was preserved there. Kurgan is actually just a Slavic loan uh, loan word, it says, or is that supposed to be long word, meaning barrow or burial mound, because it's all historians have found of them. Hmm. So they're basically named, this race of people is named after burial sites. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I know there's a Kurgan's Origins comic series floating about. We actually talked about that recently as maybe something we'd cover in a near future episode. Um, and I might have to track it down, but I have a pretty deeply ingrained idea what I want the character to be. That admittedly even goes beyond what really is in the movie. I know Clancy Brown wanted the character to have more depth, and I second that. I don't know why I like this canonically pretty much single-note character as much as I do. I just do. I agree as well. Like, yeah, he's literally he is, one note. He is kind of a character that doesn't have a ton of motivation, but yeah. Clancy Brown's performance... I mean, like, it's all style, it and yeah. he nails it. It's all that CB. Yeah, thank you so much, Sebastian. Sebastian. 
for the email. That's like yeah. really fascinating. And like, I think that stuff is pretty brilliant to be incorporated into a character. Like, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. really cool stuff. Rad. I am a diehard Highlander fan. I love Highlander so much, and I am a huge fan of this podcast, de facto, because I'm a member of it. How can I show my support and get some really cool shit in the process? Oh, there is one really great way you can support this podcast and support your love of Highlander by heading on over to our Facebook page and picking up a set of our awesome new Highlander magnets, uh, which are available for the price of $25 plus shipping and handling. What do you get for that amazing price? It's an awesome collection of five magnets featuring all your favorite characters. We've got Duncan McLeod, Amanda, Joe, Mythos, and a really cool alternate 1600 Scottish Highlands McLeod. Awesome. Eamon, who made these things? Like, what awesome artist somewhere made these things? It was me. Yay! I made them with the help of you guys and Davis Panzer Productions. Uh, And if you're an international listener, we can ship these internationally now. Uh, So don't buy them from our Facebook page, but head over to Etsy.com and just search for Highlander Rewatched. And if you place your order through Etsy, we can ship anywhere in the world. Well, I... Pretty much. Wherever Etsy can ship. Wherever FedEx or whoever's going to ship it can ship. We can't ship to the planet Zeist. Nope. No shipping to Zeist. Should Joe have violated his washer oat? Watcher oat? (laughs) He's washing his oats. That's what I wrote. That's what (laughs) I typed. Yeah, I know. I'm teasing you. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Brian writes, Joe certainly violated the watcher rules, so if that's the benchmark for crossing the line... Yes. However, in this weird world of questionable ethics, I would say no. He stopped someone who's taking advantage of others, both Michael and Rita. That's true. Rita. Sue (laughs) says they walked a fine line, but they should have stopped evil immortals. Hmm. But that goes against the never interfere bit, right? Yeah. It's not like, but never interfere unless they're a bastard. That's like if the nature photographer... When I, I remember when I was a kid, I would be sad that like the nature photographer wouldn't intervene when like a cheetah eats a gazelle or something. Is that what the watchers are like? I guess so. A little bit. I don't know. Domingo weighs in. Their mission was only to observe and chronicle their lives. Jessica just thinks, Joe was awesome. That's true. I love Joe. Joe's love great. me some Joe. Vince thinks... He was helping stop the fiendish Michael Christian, the mightiest of immortals. (laughs) So it was okay. Michael Christian. Anna says, Joe crossed the line in many episodes. Many. Even when he saved Richie from the evil Duncan and something wicked, Joe forgot his role as a watcher. Paula thinks, Joe made the morally right decision instead of following the rules. Bravo, Joe! Bravo. (laughs) Only on Bravo. There weren't that many O's in Bravo. I just wanted to read it that way. Bravo! Bravo, Joe! Liz. Joe lives across the line. But only just, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Joe lives across the line. The help he provides to Mac gives him the edge in the fight against immortals. But in general, Doze doesn't get more actively evolved than that and backs off when it's time for the actual showdown. 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 Domingo says... They were supposed to only observe and record, but he was always helping Mac out. Bam. Joe down, ho down. down. Julius says, yeah, he broke it, plain and simple. (laughs) Yeah. But Horton needed to be stopped, and so did Callus. 
Mm. And then Violetta sent a series of emojis that look like <laughs> heart-shaped boxes of chocolate. They're like hearts with bow on bows on them. Mm. And then a picture of Mac with a sword. Cool. That person doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Violetta, if you listen to this podcast, write in and tell us about it. Do it. And a lo- tell us why that was your answer to did Joe break his oath? Because <laughs> he loves Mac. Yeah. Anyway, crazy. Yeah. And Alavo writes in, Joe put his ass on the line every time for Duncan. And always Duncan never gave him the right credit for saving his life at the time. Like what happened with <laughs> I like Mithis. how this fizzled out a little yeah. bit. There. Sorry. I, there was a typo and I flubbed it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like what happened with Mythos in the show. Oh. I'm not sure what he's referring to there, but... <laughs> I don't know either. Alavo, I appreciate your candor and the fact that your profile picture appears to be the dude. Cool. Totally rad, Jack. All right, so I'm going to read another email. There's still more? There's still more. Not much what more. F- but here's a great one that we should discuss. So Jill S. wrote this in. Regarding an episode from, what, season one? Whoa. Yeah. Back catalog. Talking about Kyler. What episode was that? That was... Oh, that was the Mime, mime, mime Time. Mime Time. Yeah. Mime time. <laughs> Which episode was that? For Evil's for Sake. For Evil's Sake. The weirdly sake. named For yeah. Evil's Sake. No, no, no. She says, this is really great. She says, a friend of mine... Is it mine? Yeah. Is it mine? Has joked with me that Kyler has had a man crush on Duncan and was trying to impress him the whole episode. Oh. What? I think that's a great way to view that episode. <laughs> I'd need to see it again. What? Yeah. It's not a Mac Charlie level <laughs> interaction. Not, but it's like he's doing it for attention and wants Mac to like notice how good he is and stuff. And murder him? <laughs> well, 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 well. It's like a stalker. Does she explaining that ever? No, I think that's really funny, though. <laughs> it is funny, but what is that based in? Jill, you'll probably listen to this. You can let us know. Yes, right. let us know. Uh, so Max T writes in also. He says, I was rewatching the Four Horsemen episode from season five. Ooh. Jumping ahead. And he says, the Your Woman makes a triumphant dialogue. <laughs> and he says, I know at this rate, you're still about 18 months from the start of that season, but this seemed too important not to mention. Man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, true. Yeah. Hats off, sir. Hats off. I had your woman. And then we can read maybe two two more things from uh, Max has written two things. The Richie Ryan Dirtbag Index. It's self-explanatory. On a scale of one to ten, how much of a dirtbag is Richie on any given episode? <laughs> I'd say this is more of a season five Richie thing, but really looking back, hasn't he always been at least two on the scale? <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's really funny. I like that. We should maybe try to introduce that. So here, we talked recently about what was the episode where he was racing around and got the guy kicked off the team mythos that, was that in mythos, mythos. that was mythos. Yeah. okay so how, where's richie falling the dirtbag scale one to five four four <laughs> oh shit he like beats the guy up and then he kills himself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right like like that's not richie's fault i'm not saying that richie did anything that was all that bad but like, the concept don't give him a four on the scale well it goes up to 10 oh it goes i thought it was one to five i'm sorry yeah it goes to 10 i'm sorry i didn't know no. the richie scale yeah like i one think his ten. conduct was a two but the consequences were a 10 yeah so i'm dropping it in at hedging four. your bets yeah. yeah yeah not cool richie not fully to blame but you didn't help anything either. yeah you certainly made felipe reckless yeah Ugh. we'll have to start applying that to later things and yes in later seasons the d-bag scale when, when richie introduces mr redstone he does some pretty ridiculous things <laughs> mr redstone i love that though yeah we talk about 
Briscoe County Jr. all the time. What's his alter ego's name? Like Briscoe his... has an alter ego? Yeah. I don't remember that. Roscoe Merriweather. <laughs> Is that him? <laughs> it's Roscoe. You're right. Roscoe, Roscoe Merriweather. Uh, like Richard Redstone. RR. Anyway, Max also writes us, podcasting is a tricky game. It's tricky to commit to discovering if you really want to listen to one, as they tend to be a time commitment. But chances are, if you're reading this, you're a giant Highlander nerd already. So discover the holy ground that is Highlander Rewatched. A good podcast trades in an emphasis on one of two things, personality or excellence of knowledge. In this pod's case, where that emphasis lies, fluctuates from week to week. Much in keeping with the quality of the episodes they watch, Come on, you know the first 2.5 seasons are rough. But between the hosts' respective studies, professional practice, and knowledge of law, music, art, the hosts are adept in exploring not just the head-chopping madness, but the larger context of the episodes themselves. Though heavy on irreverence, you are always in danger of learning something new from the host as you share their appreciation for the show. That's a really nice review. Very that makes nice. you yeah. feel great. Five-star review. Thank you, Max. Thanks, Thank Max. You, Max. I'm giving you a review five stars. That's it a five-star, nice five-star review. Yeah. Hey, and if you're listening to this, why not give us a five-star review? Totally. If you're still listening now after all this nonsense, you must be a huge fan. If you haven't rated us, you got to rate us. Yeah. Do it. It's a thing. It means a lot to us, personally. And like, it helps the podcast. Right. It helps more people see it. We show up on iTunes in a higher ranking, all higher that sort of ranking. stuff. But it does mean a lot. I mean, like, I know sometimes you get a little down in the dumps working on these things late at night, and you get a nice five-star review, and it's like, oh, it's worth it now. You know what? Just because we don't talk about Game of Thrones <laughs> doesn't mean we shouldn't be higher up in the podcast ranking. Yeah, that's it. Sky's the limit. World's our oyster. Cheers. Hey yo, Khaleesi. Hey. To magic. To Zeist. To Zeist. Thanks everybody for writing in. I'm glad we got to read everybody's stuff. I mean, yeah. this isn't going to happen all the time, but we decided to sit around, drink some beers, and read all these comments. Thanks everybody for writing, and make sure to keep writing us at HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com if you ever want right. to answer our questions of the week when we sometimes do them. We don't do them all the time now. But we'll if you often ever... just pose questions as we're talking, yeah. Yeah. we don't frame them that way. Yeah, but yeah, just write us in. If you have any thoughts or comments or questions even, let yeah. us know. Uh, stuff even you want to cover or want to see us do on the show. You know, we've been doing episode reviews we just did the comics recently if there's other stuff that you think is interesting let, let us, us know we've got some other exciting stuff coming down the pipe there's some real cool stuff coming down the pipe so cool all coming your stuff. way um so again if you're into this and you've listened to it the whole time listen to us for years this is two years doing this by the way again Ugh. two years of our lives have been spent podcasting and we're not done days of uh, our so lives. anyway make sure to just go donate to our gofundme um, also we should just mention like a lot of people, and we're very thankful, have donated to like our. We did a previous GoFundMe for Lackland. Lackland. It was very lackluster. Lackland. In Lake, lackluster <laughs> in Lakeland. But this forty three lackluster in Lakeland. <laughs> <laughs> Which Florida is now the porn capital of the United States. So it is perfect. Yeah. Wow. California passed a law saying that if you're going to film a porn there, you must use a condom. Yeah. Wow. So it all moved to Florida. Great. Don't know why I mentioned that. Keep going. Don't worry. I'm just plugging our GoFundMe here. Uh, I'm plugging my move to Florida. <laughs> my point is, is that through your help, we were able to go to Lakeland, Florida. It was great to be able to go. It was great to be able to meet fans, all that sort of stuff. And even though the convention was like, you know, kind of mismanaged and you heard some of the horror stories there, we were able to put together some really cool stuff. Like an awesome hour discussion video with Anthony DeLongis and Efron McAsh. That's really cool, and you can find that on our Facebook page. 
uh, and they discuss like you know how they got started in the industry and their sword techniques and like if you're into Highlander and you're into swords or whatever even just into film it's like worth a watch like it's really cool and I'm really glad we got to do that yeah, I was just gonna say then we got to talk to a bunch of fans and we did this like really cool Voices of Highlander montage uh, and I think that was like really special too so anyway those yeah. are the sort of things we want to bring you more of. Uh, but the way we can do that is with your donations. So make sure to go to GoFundMe.com backslash Highlander dash rewatch dat dash gathering. And you can donate uh, today and we'll give you a nice old shout out on the show. Yeah. And keep bringing you the Highlander content that you crave. Well, thanks for joining us for this long mini episode <laughs> or whatever this is going to end up being. Yeah, I think it's a bonus episode, not a maybe mini it's episode. Not, maybe now it's a bonus episode. Bonus. Cross the threshold. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to all those who sat through our discussion of rap snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those rap snacks. Yeah. Rap snacks, A+. Star Trek beer, like, eh, C. C? Yeah, definitely. It's just unremarkable. Unremarkable. The best thing about not, it is the packaging. Yeah, just throw Star Trek on a beer oh. label and I'm there. What's his name? Woody what? Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker. No. Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap. Thank I, you, I don't, Fetty Wap. I don't. I, I. I. dare. I say I'm not familiar with the music of Mr. Fetty Wap. <laughs> but I'm certainly intrigued based on his chips. If his music's anything like his honey, I love yeah. you. You're there. Ooh, these lyrics are salty and sweet. And he seems to be an interesting guy who might be missing his left eye. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure what's going on there either. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, rewatchers. I've been I've been Keith. <laughs> yeah, I've been Kyle. This is Amen. Make it so. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I don't know why I'm shaking my boob as I do this, but <laughs> I like boobs. That was a lot. Shaking yeah. the boob, shaking the boob. Rap snacks. <laughs>